This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. Holy fucking shit, fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the rest review. My name is John Hastings, and that is the best time to fart in the entire history of the show. Ooh, and John, if you've been listening for a while, does fart into his own mic and gives himself pink eye all the time. John's had nine cases of pink eye this year. Not just this year, my friend. Ooh. 18 in total. <laughs> This week we are doing the steroid hippie himself, the man who loves Christianity so much he named himself after a pastor, Superstar Billy Graham. Mm. It, his name is Billy Graham and he's from Arizona, like Kelly Kelly who's a personification of Florida. Billy Graham is the <laughs> most Arizona man Let's go with our first piece of evidence, Dylan. The first piece of evidence that he's the most man from Arizona of all time. He didn't know his real first name. Fuck yeah. Fuck until to the yeah. In, he, until he did a tour of Japan with the AWA. Yeah. He he thought his real first name was Wayne. It turns out it's Eldridge. It's Eldridge. Hmm. Why didn't we tell her? Why didn't we tell him it's Eldridge? Um, because he's a fucking man. And men don't know always know their names. It's not like he's. His I mom. like the idea of earning your name. I like the idea that Bill, superstar Billy Graham is from such a weird sect of Christianity that he they made him earn his name. Not tough enough to know your name. Yeah, yet. he is. There's some stuff. There's some stuff that happened to old superstar. You respond to silence, Eldridge. I mean Wayne. I mean whatever your name is. Here's, until reading up on this man. Something always creeped me out about him. And that specific thing is the way he talks. The way that man talks is like someone holding in something. Yeah. He talks like, anytime it's in shooting, he's like, hey, I taught Hulk Hogan how to do steroids. How are you? <laughs> it's like, um, superstar, get it out of your, get it out of your chest. You got Part of it is the rampant steroid use, but part of it is also he's a maniac. He's a fucking maniac. Like he doesn't like what, like what else is that guy gonna do but it's like what he wants to do is just cry all the time because Vince McMahon Sr. never gave him the proper run we'll get to it in a second Elder Dwayne Billy Bob Huachahuaca Coleman was raised in a crazy Christian family in Arizona and started bodybuilding when his marine brother because of course his brother is a marine his family's covered all of course all of the shit kicker professions carnival worker as personified by pro wrestler or army only two, the only two they can go into. Um, starts bodybuilding, likes the effect so much that he builds his own weights out of coffee cans and concrete. And when you read that, you go, "Who's giving a kid concrete?" Uh, and then you, and then you realize he's from Arizona, oh, yeah. man. Arizona, <laughs> Arizona, Arizona. I don't know if this is true, but someone once told me that. Someone once told me that any business in Arizona has to give you water if you ask. Really? Yeah, supposedly. I was in New York City with a bunch of dudes from Arizona when I was working at this Christmas or this uh, uh, Christmas camp. Oh, that's very ironic. Uh, at this camp in upstate uh, New York, and we walked into a Gap uh, to look at stuff, and one of the guys was like, "Ooh, can I get some water?" And they were like, "No," and he was like, "What?" And I was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, 
<laughs> on in Arizona, any any business you walk into just gives you water. Can I? Can we get si- super sidetracked here? Have you ever been in one of those uh, clothing stores where they just give you booze? I've never been to one of those. No, have you? I feel like that would be a disaster. Yeah, it was great. Wh- My friend was buying expensive pants, and I just crushed like four things of champagne. <laughs> and then, and I was totally that like that guy who was. I was like, I don't even like champagne. I was just like drinking all this champagne. And then the guy was I like, well, been- why are you drinking so much? And I'm like, it's free booze. <laughs> like, he was like, can you please get out of our store, redneck man? Yeah. Uh, Oz Knot's of- going to refuse the free liquor. Yeah. Also, that girl's got a nice body. Let me ask you a question, homosexual. If I am, in fact, <laughs> attracted to you, why is my dick so hard? That's my impression of you, a man learning <laughs> that you are pansexual because the many things the rest of you is and the main one is accepted accepting we're accepting because dylan's pansexual. i'm sapio i'm sapiosexual i'm only attracted to intelligence also i think intelligence is having big old jugs yeah as we all know dylan is sapiosexual he's attracted to intelligence unfortunately he thinks brains are in dead ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, 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 yo. Basically, if you give good brains, I'm there. <laughs> all right, Dylan, back to you. Oh, also, guys, I know you're all thinking, Dylan, do you have, does Dylan have a new nickname? Yep, it's the Roseanne Bar of the Wrestler Review. Roseanne Fart. That's what they call me. <laughs> Roseanne Fart. Also, it's been two weeks. <laughs> that joke is older. Roseanne could be back on by this point. Either way, it's going to be good stuff. I don't think that that story is going away because it's getting better. Because she's now just re- she apologized and now she's just retreating racist stuff again. It's the best story in the world. She's a mom. She's a weird suburban Canadian mom where she's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's those people who think that the only way you can be racist is if you literally say the N-word and any other thing you do isn't racist. Absolutely. It's like talking to either... I just beat up a group of them. I was not racist. I didn't say the N-word while I was doing it. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't burn a cross, so it's fine. (laughs) Not in the clan. Yeah, I'm not wearing my clown uniform right now, so it's okay. Participate in a group that's actually voluntary. Who literally takes the half the income of black people. That's not racist. I'm just going to say this about the whole Roseanne thing, which is my favorite part, which is Wanda Sykes, who was a one of the oh, one of the producers on the Roseanne. Just quitting the show immediately? On the Roseanne revival, literally was just like, I'm not going to mince words. I can't work with this woman anymore. Which you're just like, oh, Wanda Sykes. Like, you know Wanda Sykes was like, look the other way on that one. We're getting some money no, too far. <laughs> All right, back to Superstar Billy Graham. Enough topical chat from two weeks uh, from when you guys are listening to this. <laughs> enough of a, enough not current topical chat. You know what the fart means. It means time to get talk back to Superstar Billy Graham. The superstar um, is, yeah, he's a bodybuilder. The thing about it also is he's a bodybuilder pretty much the entire time he's also a pro wrestler, which is why he has that physique. Also, he starts taking supplements when he's like 14 by stealing them from a guy or from the nurse's office in his school, 150 pills, which he takes all at once so he doesn't get caught smuggling, which is the worst attitude towards drug smuggling I've ever heard about in my entire life. Through this guy's use of steroids and how like borderline addicted he was to working out it is so good that this guy never took a drink or did a drug in his life because he would have died that day that's a very good point yeah like based on how this guy took to steroids if that guy had a like a non-alcoholic oduls he would have been like let's do this yeah like i'd love you and i would actually love to do that why don't why don't we try and do this 
Let's get a real... Let's try and track down a real therapist. And at the end of the show, just tell them those troubling things about each wrestler and try and see what mental illness they have. Oh, God. No, do you know how sad that would be? Yes. Like That's why people come here. Even the, like, like The Rock, like she'd be like, wait a minute. He did what? And then what? A lot of wrestling podcasts ignore the sad. We, we fucking put on our goddamn sad suits and we dive right into that big pool baby. the superstar the superstar fascinatingly one of the sadder cases because he achieved his dream but it was so briefly and then it was snatched away from him so quickly so let's get to it so we can get to that sweet sweet run so he is a bodybuilder also that's based around christianity he used his giant physique to help preach the gospel i know you're looking at these big arms and thinking they can lift a lot not as much as Jesus. Guaranteed something he thought he said. He definitely said. At 20, he marries his first wife. Oh, yeah, and they're divorced in months. Uh, that's another thing about superstar Billy Graham is that it's 1963. He's married a woman for two months. They've already been divorced, and he's a super devout Christian. Like, that must have also taken a lot out of Yeah. Because that's not... Divorce is just becoming a thing that is even in the in the idea of something that could happen. Like, you can do it, you shouldn't do it, is basically the situation. Yeah. yeah. I assume because she wanted to have sex, and he said that would be highly uncouth. Yes, no. You squish my muscles. <laughs> he meets he meets a preacher who inherited his father's money, which is this weird thing that uh, has come across in a bunch of different research you do, which it always stipulates that the guy who got him into wrestling was wealthy from family money, which is, just leads me to believe it's like, that guy's sketchy, and it, but we don't know why. He then... Um, yeah. Oh, he started boxing. He was uh, he made it to the finals of the Golden Gloves in 1961. Of course he did, because because keep in mind this is a time when boxing was like these two fat people are gonna touch, and now <laughs> it's uh, it's actual. Then it's like, and then this man who's all muscle just gets in the ring, goes, ah, 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 you're the devil, and then beats someone up. You do have to remember this uh, at this time in the early 60s. Superstar Billy Graham is like a, he's a 260 pound man and every other heavyweight in boxing, like the heavyweight boxing limit around this time. Think about this. Muhammad Ali is just coming of age and he's a big heavyweight and he's 210 pounds and Superstar Billy Graham is about 240 of just pure pure chemicals like <laughs> this guy if you poke this guy ooze comes out his nipples because there's so many fucking he's on so many fucking steroids are you crying no that's spinal fluid <laughs> hey here's the fun thing about me i did an injection and now sometimes my eyes just have cream cheese coming out it's a really thick chunky liquid anyway i'm gonna go divorce my wife because she doesn't pray enough. Um, so he goes into the Golden Gloves. That doesn't work for him. And then he does the most, I'm going to say this, the most successful professional wrestling football team of all time, the Calgary Stampeders. Absolutely correct. The Rock and Superstar Billy Graham alone. You're yep. like, holy mother of fuck. I think they had Duggan too. Uh, they had Duggan as well? Duggan was in the CFL. Duggan was in the CFL. I don't know what team, but... Let's just say it was Calgary. Yeah, yeah. He was with the yeah. He was on the Calgary Drinkers. He was on the Calgary Drinkies. He tried. Uh, he tried out for the Stampeders. Uh, traded the Alouettes. 
and then tried out for the NFL, which even in the 60s, if you're not good enough for the CFL, you're not going to make it in the NFL. But then he, uh, these other people could do this thing where they didn't, they weren't just strong, they could also move side to side, which superstar Billy Graham uh, could not, because his legs were just testosterone. So he starts a bodybuilding career in, uh, in the late 60s and starts training at the famous Gold's Gym, meets Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they become fast friends. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the godfather uh, to one of Superstar's daughters, and this is where basically he gets known for professional wrestling, something that has not changed in literally 50 years, John. If you want to make it in pro wrestling, there's two ways to do it. Either you can get your ass to a goddamn gym, become very, very good at your craft, and uh, spend about eight years plying it on the indies before you hopefully get a break in Ring of Honor. And hopefully, through Ring of Honor, the crowd really likes you. And then you get to the WWE when you're 33. Or you can just turn 25 and do a bunch of steroids if you're 6'2 and hang out at a gym. And Superstar did the second one. Absolutely. And you're, of course, discounting the third and my personal favorite of all the ways to break into wrestling. Get a job being a bouncer at a strip club in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Which, Superstar was a bouncer. So, people being as jacked as Superstar Billy Graham was was very, very uncommon then. Because steroids are just entering the modern lexicon. Like, just barely. Like, Superstar Billy Graham is essentially, like, it's just a bunch of, like, rudimentary shit and horse hooves that he's injecting into himself. I'm assuming, like, four times a day. Yeah, like, that's the other thing is, everyone's like, you have to all remember, this is, this is when steroids are new to the world. So it's like, what are you putting in yet? Oh, I, I had to eat a bicep of an enemy. <laughs> I had to actually make an enemy just to eat his yeah. bicep. We were friends. I had to kill... I had to make him my enemy. I killed my dad. I yelled, you wronged me. Mm. Uh, so Superstar uh, is so big and so jacked up that people, he's a bouncer at this club, and people would actually travel in just to try and fight him, which is great. Fantastic. Wouldn't you just stop being the bouncer two days? The first, the second time that happened, I'd be like, I'm done. Again, but you're not from Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Christian man from Arizona. Uh, is he still Christian? Is yelling, he still Yelling God wills it. Oh, no, he's still Christian at this point. It's when he moved to New York, he suddenly is not Christian anymore. He takes a break. Is he back to being a Christian again? Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, that makes sense. If you were ever an evangelical Christian and then you face your on death's door, you're not going to be like, no, I'm really done with this. Some people are. Of course he goes back. Oh, some people are. Some people are like, mm, no thanks. I'm a, can I'm a candy boy now. I love candy. That's what I'll do. Yeah, pray to the god of processed sugar, you fuck. Pray to him. That's your real god. I love candy. Now, here's the thing with Superstar Billy Graham is everyone's going, man, you guys are really not uh, addressing his wrestling career because it's so fucking short. Well, his career is much like an athlete's career. It takes th three or four years for him to learn what he's doing, and then he has a prime of three years, and then he's fucked. And then just kind of, like, is around for the next... Like, it's a 17-year in-ring career, and I'd say seven of those years are... No, because not even, because he takes a break. Um, Very true. But here's the big question, Dylan. As we move into his pro wrestling career, who trained him to be a wrestler? Ooh, uh, Waldo from the books. Where's Waldo? That's very close. 
if those books were about abusing your children, then you would be right. The person who trained him was. <laughs> and he hated his account of the of the Hart family. Plays into our characterization. I, I'm going to tell. I will. According, this is a direct quote from Superstar Billy Graham, which I will now read as Stu Hart. We don't do fucking chin up there and that you're trying to avoid Helen's cooking. And uh, I was shocked at being greeted by a friend now that looked like a junkyard. It's the only junk if you don't want it. I want all those guys. You know, Andre the Giant took his shit in one of those Eldorados with barefoot children running all through the snow and temperature minus 50 temperatures. Yeah, it wasn't ever that cold. And the dingy, dirty room referred to as a dungeon, uh, especially the filthy, dirty mats, they all stank. Yeah, because they stink, because you're fucking not supposed to smell. What are you, a woman? Men don't have a sense of smell. We just taste danger. <laughs> so, for those of you that need an interpreter, I'll dumb it down as such. Basically, here's what happened. Superstar Billy Graham showed up expecting to see a state-of-the-art gym because he is from California and just trained with Arnold Schwarzenegger, the future arguably biggest star in the world. And when he showed up, it was barefoot children asking their dad for food who would then be smacked. That part was me editorializing. No tagging. Barefoot kids running around in minus 30 and then going downstairs to... The gym, which was essentially four old mats and a guy who would then break your legs and be like, there, you're a wrestler now. <laughs> and sm- and his, his account of the smell of the mats, I can, like, it's one of the most visceral, like, I feel like I'm there because I course. know that smell. Of course. The mats, essentially, he says they're disgusting. And my imagining is, I don't know if anyone here has done this, but, like, I'll go to the gym and then dry myself off with a towel and then have to do something immediately afterwards so I can't then go home and put that towel up to dry and it's like that. Yeah. It's like it's like six hours of just your sweat mixed with water molded. Like it's just mold. Yeah. Fucking it's fucking- and then he does all these tours in Canada. Like he has a story about driving to Lethbridge. And if you have a story about driving to Lethbridge, Alberta, you might as well have a story about you need to change your life. Just crying, especially in the winter. I got a story about crying. Yeah, man. And then he basically is on a road trip where he decides to leave Canada because he decides to, uh, he goes on a road trip with what was the guy's name? Domo, wild bill Domo. And he, while Bill Domo says, yeah, I haven't seen my family in a long time. We've taken a lot of fucking side roads, but we here at the restaurant view must point out, I am so sad for Bill Domo being called Domo in 70s wrestling. Dromo. Even worse. Sorry, Dromo. Wild Bill Dromo. Imagine what Stu Hart is calling you. Stu Hart didn't even smart him up. <laughs> oh, no. Also, by the way, Stu Hart was lied to. Stu Hart was told he was already a trained wrestler, then found out he wasn't, and then just attacked him. Like, I, wrestling at this time is basically just yeah. like, in, in, in. like it's just it's basically a place where either a man from Hawaii who's pretend Hawaii is pretending to be from Japan breaks your leg, or Stu Hart breaks your shoulder. And now you. Now you'll have to fucking then a jerk off. You know, the only time that jerked off, that's when I had daughters. Like, 
wrestling at this time, John Wayne Gacy would have never been caught if he just was like, I'm a pro wrestling trainer. <laughs> yeah, John, John Wayne, there's a, there's a distinct possibility that Stu Hart was John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, the, the dungeon smells weird. Also, why are there so many actual human eyes on the side of this wall? <laughs> so, uh, Superstar Billy Graham uh, isn't smartened up for a couple weeks. Because Stu Hart wants to see what he's really got in the ring, which led to him hurting a ton of people because he's on steroids. And yes, these are tough country boys from rural Alberta, but they aren't chemically enhanced guys who have been in the Golden Gloves. The first person to uh, smarten him up was Abdullah the Butcher, because Abdullah the Butcher probably just couldn't. He's like, I gotta, I gotta be Abdullah the Butcher even now in the car with this fucking weirdo. I'm assuming you gotta smarten him up. When like I don't understand how wrestling needs smarten up when it's like oh that guy's actually a wild man who they just release in the ring. Well, but like, it's also one of those things who where believe that for wrestling, Superstar Billy Graham is such an anomaly. You keep in mind the look and the style and everything was created by Superstar, so to them he's such an outsider. He's this jock, pretty boy. He's super Christian. He's a completely different look. He can't do anything. So I think there's a lot of mistrust towards him, um, even to the point. We'll get to it when we get to the WWF stuff, but even when his huge push happens, they don't know how to handle it because it's so different than anything that they've ever had before. It's true. It's true because, uh, well, I mean, we'll get into that actually because the superstar Billy Graham push and the way the crowd reacts to them really does change wrestling in a way that I don't know if I've heard talked about extensively. No, he's essentially the NWO of his day. He is. Exactly. It's like if they never tra- it, it's like if they never turned Austin to 96. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Like if Stone Cold Steve Austin happened now, they would just know he's a heat. And then Austin would have never happened. And Superstar Billy Graham's the exact same way. Like Vince Jr has lived long enough that he's become his father. And also by the way, Vince Jr one of the big things that separated him from his dad is Vince Jr all he wanted to do was put a giant muscular blonde man who could talk on top as a babyface, and what did he fucking end up doing? He, um, he did cocaine and probably sexually assaulted a lot of um, women that work at massage. That's also or, something uh, he definitely did. But you also have to remember, like, let's get through the AWA stuff, and then we'll get to that fucking run, because there's so much to talk about in that run. All right, so he does take the name Billy Graham after the preacher Billy Graham, uh, he is, of course, the kayfabe brother of Jerry Graham and the other uh, Graham brothers, Eddie and Lou. Dr. Jerry Graham, by the way, is uh, considered one of the greatest wrestling characters, quote-unquote, ever. Uh, famous for driving down Broadway in New York and lighting cigars off of money um, for completely living the gimmick. He's very much an influence on the, st- the kind of bombastic style that created Ric Flair. Um, also was a real pain in the fucking ass because he'd just be like, Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't show up at the match. I was drinking champagne with your fucking daughter, man. My daughter's a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he also, Vince McMahon's famous, favorite wrestler. Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler, yeah. Was, Vince McMahon was notably sad the day he died. Yeah, Vince McMahon Jr.'s favorite wrestler. Uh, Vince Jr. dyed his hair blonde and drove around in the Cadillac with uh, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry Graham used to look after him because Vince, Vince McMahon Sr. was just like... Well, uh, I don't need to worry about my son, I guess. Yeah, Vince McMahon Sr. was like, oh, I have a son? Okay, hang out with this drunk Yeah, guy. hang out with Pill Popper MD over there. <laughs> 
Apparently these pain pills are quite a time, as Jerry's been telling me. Why don't you do those, you... Your sack of your week. Never sneeze, Vin. Never sneeze. Uh, superstar Billy Graham does cite uh, people with helping him learn to wrestle, um, such Abdullah. So Abdullah smartens him up, and he gives credit to Ray Stevens, Pat Patterson, Peter Maivia, and Roy Shire for really teaching him to sell and work a crowd uh, during his time in t- in San Francisco, NWA. He says Pat Patterson is a genius uh, with just like the nuts and bolts of wrestling. No! <laughs> I don't get it. That's funny. Oh, you don't? No. Also, Superstar Billy Graham worked around the horn with Terrible Ted the Wrestling Bear. Do you guys want to get sad? I do. Do you guys have good Dylan, I do. Dylan, can I, do you want to get Dylan, sad? Dylan, let's get sad. Get, me, get sad with me, baby. So I thought... They had just merely declawed Terrible Ted, the wrestling Oh, no. No. They pulled all his fucking... (sighs) Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey. Like, PETA should stop. (laughs) Like, they should just fold up. The NWA shouldn't be allowed. Like, the NWA champion and that lineage of champions should be folded up by PETA, and everyone should be like, that's fine, and they should just throw the belt in the fucking ground and bury it. Ugh. They fucking took his fucking teeth out. Uh, Put honey on his ass. It'll be funny. And it's like a comedy spot. Like, that's the that's the weirdest... That's the thing that makes me uncomfortable, and I don't understand completely why, is that this was the funny part of the night. Oh, it needs to be funny. Let's pull out this bear's teeth. Yeah, but it's cool. it's the funny... But it's wrestling... Oh, it's just awful. Like I'm just, Yeah, it's like something your family would do. Oh, it's probably something my family's done. You guys don't celebrate Christmas by DT-thing a bear? <laughs> Stuff the turkey. Can I detooth the bear? No. That's for your older brother, John. What you have to do is take the teeth out, then you have a way of saying I win. So what you do is you sedate the bear, but not enough that it goes to sleep. You want it to know. We're Irish now. What you have to do is sedate the bear, but not enough to protect yourself, only enough to give yourself a bit of a head start. (laughs) He left San Francisco for the AWA, uh, and by this time, Billy had adopted the hippie look along with, I do steroids, and there's a vein in my eyeballs, so let's put a fucking needle in there. Yeah, all of Billy Graham looks like a porn star's dick. (laughs) That's the most apt thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, man. Because he doesn't... Here's the thing about everyone else who does steroids, not everyone else who does steroids, the only person I've seen that, like, looks as, who's overdone steroids, to the like, the point superstar Billy Graham does, has, is Scott Steiner in Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner face. And the other thing is, Bill, superstar Billy Graham fucking loves Scott Steiner and thinks he looks so cool. It's just that point where it's like... He doesn't even really have abs. He just is like just so veiny and because you're supposed to do cycles. And I honestly believe Superstar Billy Graham never did a cycle. He just did steroids like, you know, you or I would take vitamin E like once in the morning, maybe once at night. Yeah, He's so sinewy. He's like a bag full of snakeies. And just like it's you what it is. It's just it looks like the amount of skin that would cover your foot, but stretched over an entire body. <laughs> and that from his to his death. <laughs> Wrong. I'm the man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour. Too hot to handle. My dad never held me. Oops, I messed up. Retape it. I'm the man of the hour. I'm too sweet to be sour. Everybody knows I'm dead. <laughs> Everybody knows I sh- 
please let me die. So he also credits uh, Vern Gagne with uh, helping him with his promo style, which is so crazy because Vern Gagne helped Hulk Hogan and he helped superstar Billy Graham and he never let either of them win. (laughs) Oh man, you're really getting over. Too bad you're going to lose to a goddamn waist lock tonight, you big fuck. Hey, you're a pussy. (laughs) He worked extensively with Wahoo McDaniel, which he said was the best matches of his career. He didn't like his matches with Old Vern, probably because Old Vern was like, I got you in the full Nelson. Why don't we go throw off the ropes? In a real fight, why don't I use ropes? Kiss my kid. Kiss my kid on his lips. I want to teach him what it's like to be lip wrestled. Even even kissing's a little wrestling match. Oh, God. I don't even know what you're saying right now. It's mm. making me uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. We both win. Ooh, we're wrestling naked. Ooh, and kiss wrestling. It's always a draw. Two wins. Yeah, draw me naked. <laughs> Do you think Vern Gagne went through the real movie type? Wait. But, but he was Rose? Yes. Vern Gagne thinks his life is just the drawing naked scene of the movie Titanic. <laughs> uh, he won the NWA Hawaiian heavyweight title, which, give me that title. The NWA Hawaiian title? That's the best I think in the world. Yeah, and he got, sta- uh, he like, he worked in Mexico where he was almost stabbed. He uh, apparently had a really good, he got along really, really well with uh, Andre the Giant. Became fast friends with Dusty Roses of all in the AWA until 1975. And then we're going to start after the break. We're going to start on his run in the WWWF, which is short, yes, but my God. It's so sad. And influ- like it's so influential, I was going to say, but yes, sad. Everything's sad, John. Fuck. God damn it. And we'll talk about an interesting encounter he had after the break. That encounters with Dylan's mom. He fucks Dylan's mom. Nope. This is Dylan from the Goddamn Wrestler Review, the show you're listening to right now. Please come to our show September 2nd in London, England. It is £10 if you are not a Patreon member and £5 if you are. Tickets are available at wrestlerreview.angelfire.com. You can also go to our Twitter at Wrestler Review. It is the pinned post. And our Facebook page, The Wrestler Review Podcast, where we have set up a cool-ass Facebook event. Otherwise, you can go to paypal.me backslash wrestler review. That's paypal.me backslash wrestler review and donate either 10 pounds if you are not a member or 5 pounds if you are to see the wonderful show. The best motherfucking show of all time, The Wrestler Review Live, where we will be reviewing Stan Hansen. And may or may not hire a fat man to show up as Stan Hansen and beat us to a death. Bye-bye. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wrestler Review. Dylan Gott, uh, in the break, was being a homophobe. Not me. I'm open to all peoples. <laughs> During the break, John burnt a cross. Um, explain like- though. There's more to that. Scientology cross. So acceptable. Ooh, what's your fresh reading or whatever Scientologists do? Going clear, you fuck. Um, Ooh, John lives in LA now. He's from Scientology. He met Will Smith, and Will Smith said, "Please stop talking to me. You're weird." Yeah. <laughs> hey, Will. Hey, Will. You're both a man in black and a black man. Cool, huh? Ooh, ooh, John. 
Superstar Billy Graham had a crazy encounter with Hollywood Salk Hogan in the uh, when he was first foist foist in the AWA. Hulk Hogan, according to the old superstar, asked him two things: how to get into wrestling, because all these wrestlers uh, were fucking him around in Florida and just not telling him how to get into wrestling. And then he also asked him how to do steroids. Because Hogan had been injecting into the same spot for a year and essentially had given himself a super crazy, gross growth. And uh, the superstar told him to vary the spots that you do steroids in. And uh, then they stopped talking to each other because Hulk Hogan is a type A and only asks people questions that he wants answered. And then he has no goddamn use for you. When you say places to do steroids, I don't have a picture on the body. I just assume, I assume Superstar is like, <laughs> I think it's better to do it in a bathroom or parking garage. That way people don't know what you're doing. And also you can weird out noobs. <laughs> That's what I actually, I was like, oh, it's best to take a tri- t- uh, trip to Tuscany. Yeah. The, the wine valleys really bring out the... Take yourself on a date. Take yourself on a date. Also, <laughs> take yourself on a date when you get home. Do steroids. Mm. I did go to a gym, uh, the Extreme Fitness, in uh, just up the street here, and they did have a sign that wasn't even assertive enough to say "Don't do steroids." They said. If you're gonna do steroids, <laughs> that's how many juice heads are there. It was the best sign I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, no, you, I occasionally went to this like super fucking bodybuilder gym in Melbourne, Australia, and it just had it had so many like uh, needle deposit bins that you like occasionally will see in like a really sketchy public bathroom in England. It was the only place I saw them anywhere in Australia. And I was like, for junkies, and I was like, oh, no, steroid, guys. Yeah, there's a lot of, I'll throw this, though. Yeah, the uh, bathrooms, I saw a couple of them in England that were like this, uh, but the bathrooms where they have, I think it's like a green light. It's a black, they have, it's a specific type of black light, so you can't see your veins. Yeah, crazy, so I couldn't do steroids there. Yeah, there was a, uh, the other problem with that I is. persevered and did steroids. The other problem with that is I, uh. Uh, there was a Starbucks near King's Cross Station that had one forever. doesn't have it anymore. It shows how much that neighborhood's changed. And I got off a train, and I was... I had to get back on another train. This is when my road schedule was insane in England. And I had, like, two and a half hours to kill, so I just went into that Starbucks to, like, chill out for five minutes. And my butt exploded in that toilet. Um, but because of the black light, you can't tell if whether or not the toilet's clean or not. So I flushed it and thought it was fine, and then I walked out, and then a woman walked in, and then when she walked out, like, maybe a minute later, she had a face on her, like, like stared right at me as if to be like, I saw all of your shit. <laughs> you are accountable for what you have done. <laughs> it was it, That was top ten, one of the worst shits I've ever taken in my entire life. Plus, you probably did it on the ground because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> in the waste paper bin. <laughs> this toilet's got a lot of plastic around the I go ca- Oh, no. I go caca in the sink and then wash my face in the toilet because I'm the Steve Martin of bathrooms. <laughs> so, all right. He goes to the WWWF superstar, Billy Graham does. Wins uh, a best arms competition in 1975. This is his first run. It's very short. Um, 
I'm assuming just long enough for Vince Jr. to be like, Ooh, yeah, baby. I'll take two of those wherever you want to put them. And the other thing, I never realized, I forgot that it was Dr. Jerry Graham, uh... It was Dr. Jerry Graham and Superstar Billy Graham. So, of course, Vince Jr. loved Superstar Billy Graham because he was like the next phase of what Vince liked in his life, which was getting jacked up and getting jacked off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? But since him and Dusty Rhodes have become fast friends, Superstar is invited to the NWA's Florida territory to uh, basically fake fight this doughball a bit. And that takes him till 1976. He has a short feud in the WWE with uh, Bruno San Martino and a, f- a feud with Dominic DiNucci. This is all basically laying, he's laying the groundwork for his major run in the Triple WF, which is 1977 to 1981, which is crazy because I forgot how long Bob Backlund was the champion and Superstar is only champion for nine and a half months. Also, keep in mind, Bob Backlund was the champion completely based on a bet with fucking Eddie Graham in Florida over which All-American they can make the champion and also a handshake he made with Bob Backlund to bring him in the company. It, it's, it's so, it almost bankrupted the like, they had huge financial troubles as a result because they had to stack the card every week to make sure that the garden continued to sell out uh, under um, uh, under Bob Backlund. And also, they had crazy fucking weird shit going on. Like, this is when Captain Lou Albano apparently was really crazy on vodka and kept, like, blading himself so he'd have crisscrosses all over his face um, and would, like, walk into the crowd and just attack people super drunk. Um, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. But he comes in to the WF. When he comes in in 1977, he literally meets with Vince McMahon Sr., who says, On April 30th in Baltimore, we're going to give, we're going to have Bruno drop the title to you. Then on February 20th, 1978, we're going to put a belt on Bob Backlund in the garden. Yeah. It was that specific right down to the day. And it was so much so that it was apparently in his contract. And when he gets this title, shit goes butt fuck because they'd never seen such a charismatic fucking champion like this he's so different so of the times because keep in mind you're going from bruno who's like and in this corner your dad shirtless to this charismatic like fucking lightning in a bottle like blonde out of a fucking movie crazy man accompanied by a jewish dude in a camp turban screaming about fucking cadillac wheels and then beating the piss out of people. It was amazing. And also, he that's the first guy he looks like someone who could do all the wrestling moves they're doing. He gets way over. And, of course, Vince Sr. capitalizes, takes over the NWA, and gives the uh, entire thing to his son. Oh, wait. That's not what happens. He honors his agreement with Bob Backlund, makes his son pay for, buy him out even though he's dying of cancer. And God damn it. God fucking damn it. Yeah, sometimes people say, oh, Vince McMahon Jr., clearly like the not being wanted to be called junior all this other stuff and all the issues with his dad i'm gonna say this the issues with the dad justifiable yeah absolutely justifiable but superstar billy graham like you said he's like all sizzle like they're used to just substance with bruno where it's like 
and then I put you in the headlock, and then people throw a messengers full of pasta sauce at the ring because of Italian, and then I win with the full Nelson, where Superstar is cheating all the time. It's the longest run, like, to this day, it's still a babyface territory, right? And now the idea of a heel isn't as, like, it doesn't have as much weight to it as it ever has before. Like, everyone knows this is a show and whatever. But this is nine and a half months of, like, just the bad guy winning at a time where, and also, like... This is late 70s, early 80s New York. Like, this isn't the fun, like, ooh, let's go to Times Square, New York. This is, like, this is scary Son of Sam New York, and they've just put um, the belt on a guy who will walk out and call women fat. Like, yeah, this is not... <laughs> this is not going to be a hunky-dory ex- experience. Let's just say this, though. It's not like Superstar Billy Graham is huge... And whatever, but he's still, he's like a fun heel still. Like, he's a fun guy. Absolutely. Like, it's not like they put it on Killer Khan or they put it on fucking, uh, I don't know. Like, they didn't put it on someone like Bruiser Brody, that type of guy. Like, one of the crazy, nutso, Stan Hansen, the nuts, like, actually threatening heels. They put it on a guy where it's like, he still has to cheat to win every time he wins, uh, Via on Bruno by putting his feet on the top ropes because they wanted everyone to see that he was cheating, so not even put it on the middle rope. It's so good. Which is very good. It's also it's a very good idea. Oh, I love it all. It makes me hard. He had um he had so this is they do champion versus champion fuse, which I think is interesting because they do a champion champion match versus uh, with him and Harley Race. They do a champion champion match with him and Dusty Rhodes. And I think it's a great idea because th- you're exploiting something that they couldn't do when you have a babyface champion like Bruno, like Bob Backlund, in that you can do it. But now you're since you have a chill chicken shit heel champion, you don't need to make him look that strong. Like you can just have him kind of magpie and have a draw, but you can tell he clearly was going to lose because this is a this is essentially a transitional champion, right? Yeah. It's the weird, but it's what's odd is it's a transitional champion who they shouldn't have transitioned from. They should have kept it. Like Bob Backlund is your transitional champion. This is the guy who should be the fucking. He should be the man for years. Yeah, and Bob. Ba- this is Bob Backlund. He doesn't even have the crossface chicken wing. He's just doing a running atomic drop. So yeah, this is this is Bob Backlund. You know, before he discovered energy and Vivre. Yeah, before he discovered he just his character is that he thinks he's the president. Yeah, it's fucked. So he does lose to Backlund, and Superstar was saying that he was selling out the garden so much. Twenty of twenty-one events where Superstar Billy Graham headlined were sold out, and he's selling it out so much that him and Bruno actually devise a plan to essentially save some of the Superstar's heat, where he would basically come into the match uh with a limp but they never did that because it would go beyond going into business for themselves and he does lose the title to bob Backlund, square in the middle although uh his feet were under the ropes because you gotta be a bit of a dick sometimes baby get that hot cock i don't i don't i don't know why i said that no soft stuff um what's also very fascinating and amazing at this point by the way is um all throughout this run, Vince McMahon Jr. is demanding that his dad keeps the belt on him, that they somehow make him babyface, and then they fucking go for it. Because Superstar Billy Graham spiked their business. Their business had significantly dropped under Bruno's last run um, because Bruno had been the champion for too long. 
and also no one really could see Bob Backlund having any sort of purpose or point. Superstar basically is pushing for this, pushing for this, pushing for this, pushing for this, and Vince Jr. never lets him do it. So when he finally yeah. loses the belt to Bob Backlund, he's kind of broken because he's basically, what it is, he's like, I've done everything you've asked of me and I don't get um, I don't get to do the thing that clearly is what you, they should have done. Like there is no reason to have put the belt on Bob Backlund. We've covered, like we've said it about a million times. I'm going to say it one more time. He refuses to do it. They could have done it with Nikolai Vol or um, Ivan Koloff turning on him, all sorts of stuff. Instead, um, he loses. Any like has a couple of Texas bull rope matches with Dusty Rhodes. Um, oh no, wait. Does he then go to Florida? I get confused. No, he stays in the WWF for four years until 1981. Um, and more to the point, though, this is the crazy thing where, like we said before, Vince McMahon Jr. wants them to change course. Superstar Billy Graham should be a babyface, and he should keep the title, right? 100%. Um, very clear. And now you fast forward, what, this, this is about 40 years? Vince McMahon has a uh, baby face. He's trying to push to a heel. He should, or trying to push. He should clearly make him a heel, and everyone would be fine and excited with that. Uh, he will not do it. So it's the same thing. Like he's just he's lived long enough to just basically become what he thought was stupid. I'm not gonna say what he hated. It's not like he's not a fucking super villain. What he's become, he's bec just exactly become his dad. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, this guy. This guy must do this. When it's kind of funny, because the thing is, the guys he would be pushing now would be way more like a Bob Backlund. Like, Vince McMahon Jr. saw through Superstar Billy Graham, saw where wrestling was heading, which was into super cartoony, big muscular guys, this is campy, let's just lean into how campy it is, versus now when it's really moving way back to where it was in the 70s where everyone just wrestles under their real name or some weird or some weird pseudo name and it's a waist lock for an hour and seven nerds spill their diet cokes on each other and then they make a sweet sweet love so much that they both have pimples now tee hee uh, you know, you, that's a, a very amazingly succinct point is like, you know, the whole resistance to push. You can get pimples through fucking. Yeah, exactly. The resistance to push Daniel Bryan is very similar to the resistance to turn Superstar Billy Graham heel, baby, or face, baby. Yeah. I mean, that was quite a while ago, the resistance to pushing Daniel Bryan. But like, look at Kevin Owens. Like, Kevin Owens, when he came into the company and now still is a super fucking funny heel and they have him as a heel because... Oh, there's only so many people uh, who can be heels in this climate. And when you get to a town that's like an old school town, yes, Kevin Owens is a heel. Kevin Owens should be a babyface. Kevin Owens should be like, you know, he's just like he's he's the only guy they have right now who's like charisma wise, even in the league of any of the people that have ever been stars for them. You know what I mean? Hey, if you love Kevin Owens so much, just, why don't you fucking fat. marry him? Why don't you fucking marry Kevin Owens? I did. I can marry myself. <laughs> I look like him. <laughs> also, I'm very charismatic and I can flip a ton, you fucking bitch. None of that's true. All of it's true. You are a fucking lame bitch, man. Uh, so he basically quits wrestling. He took up full-time employment for an old friend who installed some sprinklers 
And uh, this is when he's really overdoing it with the steroids. Like he's actually addicted to steroids. Oh, which yeah, I don't is. think you can be addicted physically. I mean, I guess you can be addicted to anything physically. Uh, oh, yeah, you can, baby. So after that, he does a second run into the WWF where he wants to be a babyface. They will not let him. So he comes back as Karate Billy Graham. He retired superstar out of frustration with Vince McMahon Sr. not letting him be a uh, not letting him be a babyface, and he was still super angry with the Backlund situation. And did one angle that I still think is cool, where he came in and attacked Bob Backlund and then ripped the belt in half. This is crazy. And again, that why the fuck haven't they ripped that off? That's a great fucking angle. That's fucking isn't that fucking amazing? Like just have a. Like, whoever comes out, like, Brock Lesnar comes out with a gimmick belt, Brock, Braun Strowman beats the fucking shit out of him, and then just rips the belt in half. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Also might help them. So fun. May also might help them move past Brock Lesnar, because I've been thinking about this a lot in the modern WWE. They're at a place where it's like, oh, we they've built Brock Lesnar up to basically be God. So the only way that they're going to have to beat him is, and this is what I've been putting a lot of thought into it is they have to give someone a gun and they're just going to shoot fucking Brock Lesnar in the ring at WrestleMania 35. <laughs> no, I think someone will just beat him in a squash match cuz he got squashed by Goldberg twice. People forget that. Yeah, but people yeah, but that's the thing is like they've ignored that now and now it's like oh no, now he just makes people bleed, bro. Yeah. But here's the thing about being the champion in especially in 2018 is everyone's so hypercritical like there is a thing for a very long time in Ring of Honor. This is around the time uh uh, Seth Rollins was the champ under the name Tyler Black, where it's like no matter what you started your reign as, you had to switch to be a heel. That's very funny. Or sorry, not to be a heel. To it, no matter what, you had to switch. So if you're a if you were a heel at the end of the run, you're a babyface. If you're a babyface, you switch to be a heel just because everyone was so fucking hypercritical. There was a guy, Nigel McGuinness, who later, who now is a commentator on NXT due to concussion problems. Yeah. And the entirety of his reign was everyone criticizing him because he wouldn't work hurt. And then it was revealed, like, he for, for sure has CTE. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and everyone was like, this guy's a fucking bitch and he won't work hurt. He was always falling out of these things. Yeah. It's like, also, well, he. He has, he probably, unlike you guys who, uh, anyone who had Twitter in like 2008, like probably didn't really have anyone they cared about in their life. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a very damaging thing to say that I'm going to stick to. If you had Twitter, if you heard about this thing that was just Facebook statuses and nothing, none of the parts where you get to know anybody and you were like, I'm excited by this. You, you for sure had like a distant parent. You cut it a little bit on the feed, so I missed, uh, I think, an important pro uh, portion of what you're saying. What is this Facebook feed thing you're talking about? Sorry, cut it for like one second. Or maybe you just. Well, that's the original version of Twitter. Oh. It's just, oh, it's just the Facebook statuses. And you're like, ooh, that's cool. Oh, also, um, my mom made me earn dinner. Yes, we know. Yeah. Yeah, no, Dylan. And by the way, Dylan's not talking for himself because if you see Dylan, Dylan hasn't had to work for a meal in quite some time. <laughs> He's fat, and that's bad. I have. No, I'm buff. Dylan's body is objectionable, objectively. You haven't even seen my body. Oh, it's all, oh, it always makes me hard, but no way I don't like. Buff. Oh, yeah. Like my uh, sir, uh, there's something wrong with your taxes. Oh, what is it? Uh, you put mister instead of buff. You're genderless now. You're just buff. Oh, yeah. You want to suck my fucking ass, man. Ooh, I, I'm non-crinary. I never cry. No, I'm just literally just... I'm just silently letting you bask in what you just said. Non-crinary. 
He comes back to WWF as karate uh, Billy Graham. This is the part I wanted to talk about. This is the best part of this man's career and also something that is a developing theme in um, in wrestling, which is in the 80s, when you have gone over the hill against your own wishes, you just come back as someone who's into karate. Well, this is the, this is the weird thing, is that... He comes on as Karate Billy Graham, and I will say this. This is 1982. For some reason, I placed this way later. So did I. I Like, I thought this is... I also thought this happened in the NWA, quite frankly. Yeah, me too. But it's 1982. He's once again ahead of the curve. Like, people... Not everyone knows karate until we just did the Midnight Express five, six years later. Oh, absolutely. And also, by the way, this is also the time and place. What also affected this... um this push, I believe, is that Grill and Monsoon uh, accidentally believed a rumor and allowed one of the New York uh, newspapers to print an article that said he was dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard he's dead. Yeah. Put $500 on the Knicks to start playing badminton during the game. I'm bad with money. Gorilla Monsoon looks like he smells like every bar a dad takes his son to in the 60s. (laughs) Oh, we got a big one happening today, Jess. Oh, Jess, watch out. You're going to get hit in your glutamus maximus papillus apupilopilopilus. Oh, Jess. Uh, no one talks to me after I get off this microphone, Jess. Just call me for a personal hangout, Jess. Jess, it was my idea for you to run to gov- run for governor in a way in that I said, run Jess, to get another job. You're annoying the fucking shit out of me, Jess. <laughs> yeah, girl of monsoon, just being blunt. Everyone thinks I was friends with Bobby Heenan, and I was, but I gave him cancer as a rib that went too far. <laughs> well, you know, Gorilla, you're kind of old. Why don't you shut your fucking mouth, you stupid fuck? <laughs> On a, like, a polite little jab? Well, I guess you're a little bald, aren't you, Gorilla? How about this? You're a cunt. <laughs> you're a useless fucking cunt. You fucking superstar Billy Graham knockoff. Just let me have this. <laughs> Just let me tell you something right now. I got more fucking talent in the fucking pubic hair I ripped out and threw at your fucking wife than you do in your entire cobra-dressed fucking body. All you are is Arnold Schwarzenegger from Minnesota who bothers people. If I ran for governor, I'd be the fucking president because I'd actually do something as opposed to you who got elected and then just bailed hail f- hay for four years, you hat-wearing <laughs> cock. <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon becomes governor and just bets the entire GDP of the state yeah. on... <laughs> on a Knicks game? I got a gambling system, and that's that I don't believe in leaving any money to my family. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody remember this. Remember this. Well, Gene Oakland may be a sadosexual murderer. He at least buys the women a drink first. Not me. Women. We go Dutch. And by that, I mean Dutch Mantel. And that I'm going to then throw a cup of pee on you, like what's done to Dutch Mantel in Puerto Rico. Here's the thing about when they dump their pee on you, you got to just drink it. Mmm. <laughs> Confuse them. <laughs> Thank you for the Pepsi. That wasn't Pepsi. 
This guy's cool. Judo Billy Graham uh, karate kicks his way all the way down south into the NWA, where he then just looks a lot like Hulk Hogan, and people don't believe it's him. And there's newspaper articles in Charlotte, and Jim Cornette himself did not believe that it was actually superstar Billy Graham uh, working. He does a match at the Great American Bash. Uh, he does a few, he has a match at Starcade. Which is an arm wrestling match against the Barbarian, because who the fuck, well, why? He then gets sick of travel, and he leaves. He returns to the W... He also... Go ahead. Sorry, during this, during the uh, NWA run, they finally let him work as a babyface. If you see pictures of superstar Billy Graham from this era, uh, he looks exactly like babyface Hulk Hogan in the early 2000s. Like, the pants, the tie-dye pants are exactly the same... The, g- the fucking dive goatee. Blue Manchu. It's exactly, exactly Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it's, de- like, it's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. He's superstar Bulk Bogan. It's fucked. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. Like, it, it's Hulk Hogan, wink, wink, nudge, nudge in the 80s, took from superstar Billy Graham. Once he was heel Hulk Hogan in the NWO. And then babyface Hulk Hogan again in the early 2000s in the WWF. It was just I am superstar Billy. Like it's pretty fucking. It's pretty. It's pretty ballsy to just do that, to just take the whole thing. But whatever. It's wrestling. The only so many ideas, I suppose. But yes, he uh, he leaves the NWA for the WWF. In the WWF, he uh, is. Um, finally, obviously a baby face under Vince Jr. Everybody's having a good time until it's revealed superstar Billy Graham needs a new hip in his early 40s because he's done steroids to the point where his bones are dust. Yeah, no, this is where it's getting really fucking sad. He has to walk with a cane, but it's one of those canes that's also a table. It has like the four points underneath. Oh, it's so fucking brutal. I'm the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Now please nurse, help me shower. (laughs) That's good. That is good. Oh, wait, I'm lying, of course. No, you're not. John's doing his taxes. Uh, super pooper star Billy Graham uh, is written off TV uh, after being splashed by the one-man gang. And he, the one-man gang goes around saying, tired superstar Billy Graham. In reality, when his hip turned to dust, he got a replacement hip. And, Vin- and then after he came back from a hip replacement surgery, Vince Jr. put him again <laughs> on the road again for 300 days a year because he doesn't value human life. Oh, this is the best. Yeah. Oh, uh, Vince, you should know I'm mostly dust. Um, You know what dust does? It blows in the wind. You guess where the wind goes? Around the country. Get in the fucking plane, you fucking old piece of shit. <laughs> Hey Vince, I helped you uh, become a millionaire. Can you? Uh, I mean, I get. I, I don't really hey, begrudge Hulk Hogan for really taking my character. He's just a younger version. You got to do what you got to do. But uh, can I have less dates? Like maybe a hundred and fifty instead of three hundred? Because I have a new hip. No, I'm a fucking billionaire. You fuck. You're you six six hundred days a year. You bald fucking loser. He tried to. Fi- Sorry, uh, Vince tried to fit him in uh, anywhere he could. He says, but basically, he tried him out of commentary. He wasn't very good. No. And then uh, and then he basically he quit. He quit uh he quit the business wholesale. He of course, I mean this is more this any more than anything this is maybe his biggest impact on wrestling is during the Dr. Zahorian trial in 1991. 
he basically comes out and says, Vince McMahon forced me to do steroids, which is not true. No, it's not true. It's one of those things where it's a perception thing. He was like, well, if I didn't do steroids, I wouldn't have been able to be superstar Billy Graham. Granted, Vince wasn't the head of the company at the time. Also, he sued Zahorian successfully. I don't know where Billy Graham's fucking money came from because he hasn't worked in like a million years. He's become born again, probably does speeches off of that. Makes a living off old merchandise somehow. Went on Donahue. By the way, he went on Donahue for one of the more awkward wrestling appearances ever where it's Vince McMahon, a bunch of people that Pat Patterson supposedly sexually assaulted, superstar <laughs> Billy Graham, and Dave Meltzer. And it is... Ooh. Yeah, we gotta watch it. We, you gotta watch it. Because anytime Vince McMahon is being attacked, it's just like... A fucking, I wouldn't even say, a people say a junkyard dog. No, he's like a raccoon. He just attacks anything and everything. But keep in mind, like, he literally, there's people that are like, I was sexually assaulted by one of your employees. And Vince McMahon's eyes are basically like, because you're a weak fuck. Like, it's just like, yeah. he just is like, <laughs> maybe you should get in the gym. <laughs> yeah, not true. You, you're pretty and you were around someone who likes pretty things. Your fault. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, that, like it is the height of insensitivity to someone who's been through something traumatic. And, of course, Vince McMahon, like, doesn't see why that he's... Oh, it's fucked. Vince McMahon finally welcomes superstar Billy Graham back and inducts him into the Hall of Fame class of 2004. That really awesome WWE Hall of Fame class where you're like, oh, these are people that should go in the Hall of Fame and not, like, Virgil's dick. <laughs> yeah and they're like just frankie we already inducted coco oh man we need to do this every year <laughs> we we promise something we can't deliver yeah oh no oh god like is when they inducted steve austin two years later you're like we are in some real trouble yeah like it's gonna be crazy when they have to induct like the miz while he's still wrestling <laughs> you, i think i think they're gonna induct maurice or whatever fucking Miz's wife's name before they induct uh, Dave. But Dave Batista's coming in soon. Who else will be going in? He has to be. Yeah. Well, The Rock hasn't been in. Uh, as soon as Cena semi retires, Randy Orton. Like they're kind of out of people because, like we said a million times, they didn't really like. Well, the NWO give the ball to anybody. The NWO is gonna go in. The uh, DX will go in. Oh yeah, because they'll do fact. Um, like, and then yeah, like, also do... like New Age Outlaws will go in. Sean Weltman probably won't go in because of all the porn stuff, but you never know. Also, like no, they have no, they have no problem with the porn stuff. They'll, they, yeah, they have no problem with the porn stuff. Uh, it's just that they won't induct people who are dead. Like they could do all three classes of people that are dead. Ooh, it's poodle. I'm a big poodle. So yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Like yeah. Either way, he did spot returns like on the WWE. Um, he argued back and forth with Vince a bunch about steroids. Essentially, it's all the actions of a man who, at the end of the day, didn't quite get what he wanted in life, but still had a good one. And the other thing I think we can all we get, we can say this all from reviewing all these wrestlers is that it's kind of like professionally, you're either professionally if you get what you want or if you don't. Uh, that has really has no bearing on how happy you are. You're just kind of a happy person or a sad person. And uh, superstar Billy Graham, 
is a sad guy. Yeah, he cry talks. He doesn't even realize he's crying. John, what's your favorite thing about Superstar Billy Graham? Superstar Billy Graham cries openly, and that's funny. The most influential wrestler ever? Most influential wrestler uh, ever. I still think that's gorgeous. I'm going to say... I'm going to say he is the, mo- That's he is the most sure. influential you're wrestler you're ever. You're fucking wrong about this. I still think you're a fucking idiot. Um, how does Tied. that make you feel? No, it's... no, it's uh, uh, Gorgeous George is... I think when Gorgeous George and Superstar Billy Graham are tied, but it's literally... Yes. I'd in that, that okay, in stand-up comedy, it's Richard Pryor right? and George Carlin. In professional wrestling, it's Superstar Billy Graham and Gorgeous George. Boom. Middle finger to you. What? No one that I believe in. Like... <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I say the most influential Sometimes wrestler is you're no like a one Fox that you News believe anchor in. That broke. <laughs> yeah, no, no, none, none of, of your opinions. opinions. <laughs> I wish Bill O'Reilly would yell, "None of your opinions." No to that. Sometimes you don't. You mean all the time? <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about superstar Billy Graham is, well, saying he's the most influential wrestler ever really is is a very widespread thing. I'm going to say do, 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 do. That's it's, you. Uh, it's his religion, and I'm glad he has it, because you need something when you're that sad. <laughs> What's your, what, do you th- what do you think the worst thing about superstar Billy Graham is? Bitch face? <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. Um, I'm going to say his post-career, which basically is just the most bitter time. I think the worst thing about superstar Billy Graham is his body, because it's not Explain. ever good. He never has a good body. <laughs> I think he does. Like, he's ripped, but he never is, like... Like I said, like, Hulk Hogan... Yeah, here's the difference, point. I suppose. Yeah, Billy Graham, Hulk Hogan Billy Graham doesn't skin. like being who Billy Graham you know I mean? is. And Hulk Hogan looks like he loves being skin. Hulk Hogan. Like Billy Graham always looks like he's like, I'm like in sorry. The 70s, he, like, Billy Graham's face is very sharp. Uh, Hulk Hogan has, like, this... It sounds weird, but, like, Hogan could be a baby face because... His face is super, like, it just kind of has, like, a pleasant face, like a very rounded face. For Superstar Billy Graham, was very sharp. And when Hogan did steroids, he kind of, like, puffed out, like he was bulky. Whereas Superstar did all the ones to get really, really cut and bulk. And you kind of have to do one thing at a time. And I really believe Superstar Billy Graham was doing a bulking and a cutting steroid at the same time. So his body was like, uh, we'll just produce veins and you now have seven pairs of cheekbones. I don't know what to do. You're sending us a lot of messages. <laughs> but, like, it's legit. Like, he says later on in his career that he loves Scott Steiner. And when he first saw Scott Steiner do the big pop a pump, he got chills. And that's because, oh, this guy does as many steroids as me. We can actually talk shop. That's terrifying. That's fucking terrifying. Are you serious? I had no idea about that. <laughs> oh, that's no. That's what I learned that, about too many steroids. fucking microphone. That right there is like, oh, I, if, whatever you're doing, you have to stop. <laughs> that's, like if, that's like a... Yeah, that's the person at 2 a.m. telling you you got things in common, and you're like, well, I got to stop all this shit now. That's when like a junkie's uh, like, buddy, we have the same financial planning skills, man. You're like, oh, no. John, live on air. Who do you want to do next week? Kane. We got to do Kane. Remember? Remember that email? Oh, yeah. We got to do Kane. I feel the for Kane's theme song. We're going to do Kane next week. We're going to dive headlong into territory we have never done before, which is the malaise. That is 2002 tool, 2000 now, WWE. They just 
Kane loses to the to the La Resistance one week. Loses to Rene Dupree in a singles match in three minutes, getting no offense. And then Vince McMahon wakes up and says, Kane should be the champion. So he just double chokeslams Triple H on the rock at the same time and pins them with both feet. This is what we're going into. The bipolar WWE. It's going to make no sense. And John's going to... Start doing his taxes. I'm not doing my taxes. Again. I'm trying to fucking read the things in majiggers that we're doing well, so I, I can have a, a guide. Read. I click to read. You read it with your eyes, John. They don't make noise. You want to fight? It does make noise. Oh, reading makes noise? I highlight. Yeah, I guess if you're. I guess if you got it's fat, It's because I highlight the sections eyelids. that we're reading and then I unhighlight them when we keep going. Isn't that what you do? Oh, Mrs. Hastings. Oh, sorry, Dylan. We have. Your son has fat shit. Sorry for eyelids. using the research that we do. To make yeah, sure I that it, I read it and remember it. No, you don't. Because when I was in grade one, the teacher told me I had YOLO fucking comprehension skills. She used YOLO. That woman made up YOLO. That's interesting because the teacher when I was in grade one was like, "Oh, this guy, he seems like he knows how to really hold people's attention." Yeah, because you were yeah, a guy, shut you were up, thirty at shut the up, time. shut up. That was a one. secret. Yeah, turn in, turn in, in next grade week one at thirty. First. More of this fun banter next week when we start part one of our four-part series on fucking Kane. The Grand Wizard of Wrestling, and standing to his left, suppose you could say the greatest physique in professional wrestling today, superstar Billy Graham. Not suppose you can say, McMahon, in the many years that you have been associated with professional wrestling, can you honestly take a look at superstar Billy Graham and tell me you have ever seen a finer specimen of fighting manhood, a greater wrestling machine than this man has. Take a look at the muscles on this man, Take McMahon. Look at the back. Look at the back, not just the front, McMahon, the back. You must admit, this is the greatest you have ever seen in your life. The proverbial expression in this case is true. Superstar Billy Graham has muscles he hasn't even flexed yet. And now, out of the goodness of his enlarged, big, mammoth heart superstar Billy Graham has consented just this one time depending on how your demeanor is he has condescended to personally speak to you and I hope you consider this the great honor that it is Mr. Graham I don't want you to ask me any questions I want to ask you a question how does it feel right now you how do you feel for the first time in your life, standing, actually talking, actually holding a microphone, actually interviewing superstar Billy Graham. Tell me the truth. Are you not mesmerized? Are you? Are chills not going up and down your skinny little spine? Are your boots not shaking? Actually standing this close to the body. By the way, don't touch me. Don't ever touch my arm. Don't ever touch my body. I want to know one other thing. Not only you. Paul, how do the people on the East Coast feel? Right now at home, eating your, eating your TV dinners, sucking on your soda pops, eating your french fries. How do the women feel? The ladies right now looking at this body. How do the husbands feel? How do the husbands and the boyfriends feel? 
jealousy, envy, because I'm the women's pet and I'm the men's regret. But most of all, I want to know one thing, brother. I want to know how Bruno San Martino feels right now, sitting at home in this overstuffed easy chair. Bruno San Martino, superstar Billy Graham, the superstar, the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man that's too sweet to be sour, is talking to you. Fat pot belly, out of shape, white skin. Do you see this suntan, San Martino? This is a California suntan. I got this suntan in Death Valley where it's 150 degrees, running in the desert every morning, lifting thousands of pounds, training hours on end without stopping, drinking mineral water, eating all my steaks raw. I don't even cook my meat. For one reason, San Martino, for you. I know you paid. Listen to this, everybody. Drop that chicken bone, quit eating that turkey leg. Listen to me. Drop that icy. I know the man. And this man, the whiz, an out-of-sight manager for an out-of-sight body. He knows it. I know it. And you, punk, you know it that Bruno San Martino has paid the promoters of the East Coast to keep me off of the East Coast. And Bruno San Martino refuses to come to California, refuses to come to Texas, refuses to come to Minnesota to meet the superstar. But brother, it's all over. I am here. I am here in living color, technicolor. And if you don't have a color television, Go out and hawk your car and buy a color TV so you can see superstar Billy Graham in living, living color. An extraordinary physique is one thing. Wrestling ability is quite another. You have seen the example of superstars' wrestling ability. You know what this man can do. You know deep down in your heart he is the next Worldwide Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, superstar Billy Fargo, before, before the commercial.